0: Welcome to the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where the conversation about discipleship is always real for real people in real life. My name is Lance Wigton. Uh, I'm the Communication Director here at Real Life Ministries, and I also have been friends with this guy, Jim Putman, for uh, over 20 years as I've been a part of the the plant team that started Real Life Ministries. And uh, we are going to be talking about discipleship, which is a conversation that I have had with him over the last... Uh, 20 years, the ins and outs of it, and uh, really the model that Jesus gave for us and how that applies for us uh, today in this culture more than ever. And uh, the first topic we're gonna talk about here on Real Life Discipleship Podcast today is you are a disciple. And I think there's a question mark there, Jim, when it says you are a disciple, because I think that's an option, or I think a lot of Christians see that as an option. Uh, my take on that would be that it is a choice, and so I, I'm wondering if you could describe the difference between what is a follower of Christ and a disciple of Christ.
1: Yeah, um, let me say it this way. We we know that Jesus is the Son of God, mm-hmm. the Christ, and we all know that his primary purpose was to come and die on the cross for us, but he also made disciples that would deliver the message to the world that he had died on the cross for us. So, Uh, What good is it to have the best news ever without anyone telling it to us? Mm -hmm. And so Jesus not only died on the cross, he is the message, but he helped develop the messengers and uh, and sent them out into the world with the message. So he called disciples to himself. When he got done discipling them, and by the way, Matthew 419, come and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, that was the call. Mm -hmm. When he got done with them, in Matthew 28, he said, Now go into the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So he made disciples whose job was to go and make disciples. And, and the early church, they called themselves the disciples because they were the disciples. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until Antioch years later that they changed their name to Christians but they didn't do that in response to saying we're not disciples. They just changed their name because they saw themselves as disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are a disciple. And a disciple's role is to be a disciple who eventually makes disciples. If you're a parent, your main role with your kids is to disciple them into a relationship with Jesus. To disciple, to make disciples of Jesus— with your family, if you're a believer, your role is to make disciples. You are a disciple. There is no distinction. Uh, we've asked that question to groups a lot, and 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 uh, w- one of the things we'll ask congregations when we we do training is, how many of you are disciples? And they'll, sometimes they'll go, yeah, yeah, okay, and they'll think about it, and then yeah, I guess I'm a disciple. How many of you are disciple makers? And they'll always point at the, they'll say no, and then I'll go point to the disciple maker, and they'll point to the pastors. Which is why parents aren't discipling their kids, mm-hmm. which is why people aren't sharing their faith with the people in the world. Because they think it's somebody else. Mm-hmm. We are all disciples who, as we grow in Christ, we become disciple makers. We all the you know, Bible talks about being born again. When you you go from being spiritually dead to being born again as an infant who grows into parenthood, spiritual maturity so that you can make disciples. The, the role of a pastor is to equip the saints for works of service, to make disciples who are released into the world as a spiritual army, making disciples wherever they work, live and play. You are not a spectator. You are you're not just a congregant. You are a disciple who makes disciples. And so that means that my job and pastor's job and disciple maker's job, every disciple maker's job, is to raise people who intentionally know how to make disciples. Okay, so
0: if if I'm following what you're saying, uh disciples were first called Christians at Antioch, right? right? So therefore, the reverse is true, then if I call myself a Christian, I by de facto am, am calling myself a disciple of Christ.
1: That's what it would have meant to two thousand years ago. It became to mean two different things uh, as the church morphed and became contaminated corrupted distorted but we're calling people back to jesus's teachings and jesus's methods jesus's intent Mm -hmm. for his church and the first church would have the best understanding of what it means to be a disciple and to be a be a church Mm -hmm. and this distortion over time the devil loves to take our words like love Mm -hmm. lets us keep the word changes its meaning loves to let us keep the word church but distorts it uh, and, and and steals parts of its meaning so that it's incomplete, incoherent, ineffective. So you, uh,
0: since we are where we're at, we're in in the middle of the distortion. We kind of have to talk about the separation or the differences between what uh, where we're at and what a disciple is, and really what God intended. And we can do a comparison contrast. I'm mm-hmm. wondering about part of the distortion. I hear about disciple, and I hear a lot of what you're saying about people don't realize that they actually are disciples and i'm wondering if we if it isn't because we live in a culture that uh is always looking for what is the minimal requirement necessary yeah 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 and how much do i have to do even in our own marriages our relationships uh uh buying a car it is what is the absolute smallest amount of energy that i can do to get the maximum benefit yeah. And yeah. and is that where, is that part of the breakup in, in I'm a Christian versus, oh, no, the disciple makers are these pastors. They're the other guys. They're the paid players. I really don't want to get my hands dirty mm. because I'm saved, and it's really not my requirement.
1: That's good. Yeah, there's two issues there. First, what we're doing is we're trying to say, uh, I want Jesus to fit in my life. I want to be able to check a box, and that box is real small. Mm-hmm. And, and what I really want is Jesus to follow me
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: and, and to, to give me what I think I want. And so um, what, what's the most I have to do to get enough of Jesus to get what I want? Rather than Jesus is Lord, uh, I'm Lord, and, I, and, and we even preach that message. I love what Bill Hull says, close friend of mine. He says, the gospel we preach will determine the disciples that result and when we teach uh your you know pray a prayer and god has has a wonderful plan in your life and he will make your life happy and healthy and all that uh then then his commands just become divine suggestions that we can Mm -hmm. do if we want to as long as it fits in it doesn't cost us too much time and and that way i have enough energy to chase my dream and i don't have to follow jesus i don't have to be obedient to him but jesus said go into the world and make disciples right Mm -hmm. Baptizing them speaks of the beginning, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. Uh, Our job is to teach people to obey the king of kings, uh, the Lord of lords. It's the gospel. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, the Messiah. uh, The Jewish Messiah was to be the king of kings and Lord of lords. And those of us who have received Christ have been invited into a kingdom. And the role of a disciple maker is to baptize and teach them to obey. Uh, knowing full well that everything that God commands is for our good and the good of others. We understand not only that, that Jesus is Lord, but he's also Savior and he's also good. All the laws and the commands in the Old Testament, Jesus said, hang on these two commands, love God, love others. Everything he's ever done is for our good. Do I obey? Yes, to protect me and to protect others. As a disciple maker, I need to not only understand the commands, but the intent behind the commands. And my job is to raise up people who teach the commands of Jesus and the heart of Jesus behind those commands so that we become a part of the kingdom of heaven on earth, the the holy nation, the royal priesthood, the people belonging to God, that declare the praises of God, that reveal the wisdom of God in how we live, walk, walk, and pursue relationship with god and others
0: uh today in the real life discipleship podcast we're we're talking about a smaller subject which is just you are a disciple and it's hard not to roll that forward it is yeah uh but in the you are a disciple what why do you think that um people don't take that next step do they think they're unqualified do they think um uh, are they unmotivated? They don't feel like they have the time? Or, or do they just since the reality is is they probably were discipled from a guy on a stage. They didn't really have relationship with him or, or you know, uh, just listening to things out there and, and people they knew, they just kind of grew up in Christ. And so, therefore, they actually have not been discipled. So, therefore, they actually don't know what it looks like to disciple somebody. So yeah. my, I, so that was a long question. The question is, is where is the breakdown? Break is, is it a skill set or is it uh, a want to?
1: Well, I think um, over the generations, one of the things that, that Jesus kind of tore down was the priesthood meaning uh, in Christ, the, t- the veil was torn, and now we have access to God through Jesus Christ. I don't have to go through the priests. And uh, there's a role for a pastor. It's to equip people. And yes, there's a leadership role, but it's never to stand in the gap between God and man. It's to always kind of uh, lead people to have a personal relationship, to walk in the very throne room of God because of who they are now in Christ, and, and to help people uh, understand not just their salvation, but a relationship with God and their calling. Mm-hmm. And so, as we kind of uh, uh, the church over generations, I think they they're probably intended for good at the beginning to try to keep people aligned and all that. But it became very authoritarian. Rebuilding the priesthood uh, that you have to go through the priest to get to God. That you know all this. Stuff that they built into this, and there became a division between the laity and the and the and the leadership, and they even translated the Bible into Latin, not the language of the regular people, so that they can control the meaning, and so the only way you got to hear the word of God was if it you heard it from the priest and his interpretation of it, and 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 usually all eventually all you heard was Latin, mm-hmm. and so you just came and he did all that stuff and you did what he said and you and you just became go do your thing baptize your children as infants it's not even a faith thing now it's just an act that your parents did for you Mm -hmm. and you know go to the priest and and do these things and and over time it just became um they're the ones they have the degrees they speak the languages they do all this stuff right not not me Mm -hmm. and um I think what that did was it, 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 you know, if I was really spiritual, I'd bring somebody to church so that the pastor could do it. Right. I mean, even for those of us who are Protestants, uh, very few now um, believe their job is to do anything more than put money in the plate so that somebody else can do the evangelism. Somebody else can run the programs. I just come. I'm a spectator. If I'm spiritual, I bring somebody, and I might do some minimal task. Not to say being an usher isn't important. But, uh, or working in childcare isn't important. It is. Mm-hmm. That's a part of what we do together. But the belief that every person shares Christ, baptizes people, disciples people, that's gone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and unfortunately, look what it's led to. Mm-hmm. The people aren't coming to know Christ. Part of you discipling others, uh, it's so important about that, is you grow as you're discipling others. And so right. you get a ceiling, a spiritual ceiling, that you never punch through. And you, it, and it keeps you from growing. As you disciple somebody, you're growing. As you're, you're not living vicariously through the pastor. You're experiencing God in your spiritual life as you're growing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, it, we've got people that are kind of stuck in this spiritual infant, spiritual child stage. I ask pastors all the time, what's the percentage of people in your church that are spiritually mature? Once I define what spiritually mature is, it's not just that you attend church Mm -hmm. or you know the books of the Bible. Once I explain what it is, then they go, oh, maybe 10%. I always ask, do you have an intentional plan to to raise that beyond a weekend service or a Sunday school class? No, I don't. Well, then does it make sense that most of the people out there in the world, if 90% of Christians are infants or children? So they still, there's a lot of flesh. They're ignorant of a lot of what the Word says. They're very childish. It, does it make sense that then they, they act like a child, selfish, self-focused? Uh, uh, they, they haven't grown to be giving grace and love, and they don't really know what they're about. Does it make sense that most non-Christians go, wow, 90%? That means nine out of every ten person they walk into— or have an experience with that's a Christian, is an immature Christian, why would I wanna go spend time in a nursery where you look just the way I do, but you skip football on Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. and then you feel guilty about it, but you don't look any different? Right. Why would I wanna experience that?
0: Well, and I could see how we got here. The the process, the discipleship has taken, been separated from the gospel, and now it's basically anemic. The, uh, me picking this up and being a disciple, I, I, it, it has been sanitized over generation uh, and generation. It's and not generation. even an expectation. Exactly right. It's not even an expectation. So, but we are talking here on the Real Life Discipleship Podcast to individuals that are curious about what does it look to be a disciple, and uh, specifically today we're talking about you are a disciple. What are you telling that person? Because to me, I'm listening and I'm thinking to myself, um, it feels overwhelming. You know, I, I you're telling me that I have a uh, God-given right uh, and also a command to go and make other disciples.
1: I don't don't know what that looks like. Well, I'll just tell you this. I just did a conference last week Mm -hmm. where the pastors, once we explained discipleship and Jesus' method, these were pastors. I asked, how many of you have even been discipled this way? Three in a room of 70. Mm -hmm. It's hard for them to reproduce what they've never seen. So what do they reproduce? What they have seen. They sit in a classroom and they and there's a transfer of knowledge. I learn about the geography of Israel. I learn about the stories. I learn about the doctrines. But actual discipleship and relationship that leads to loving God and loving others, which we'll talk about, you know, what is spiritual maturity later on, they don't they don't they don't even know how to do it. They can go put on a program, they could go put on a service, they could even go teach a Bible study. But Bible studies only in part are discipleship. That's part of it for sure, but that's not all there is to it. They don't know how to do it. They've never experienced it. Which is why we do what we do in DS1 for leaders. That's why we're attempting uh, this for people who are not leaders, like pastors. What does it look like? Because they live all around the country, and Mm -hmm. they're not actually being discipled. They go to church, but that's not that's a part of discipleship, but it's not complete. They don't know how to do it, which is why we're trying our very best. The best way is to put you in a group and let you experience it. But when you don't have that, we're trying to come up with another way here to help people get a picture of it. And it's one step at a time, and it's not as hard as you think. In fact, most pastors, when they go through our training, they go, oh, I've been way overshooting that. It's not easy. Right. It's not easy to be a disciple because you have to challenge your selfishness, your, your own you know, sinful nature. It's and, relational. Yeah, and you have to forgive and be vulnerable and all that. That's not easy. No. But it's way simpler than people think. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're really going to be talking about here.
0: And, and I think in large part, too, uh, maybe uh, the church culture has taken away discipleship away from the gospel, but we are still are created by God and hardwired to be relational and to disciple each other. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. And I feel like a little uh, 20 years ago when uh, I thought I knew what discipleship looked like and all of a sudden... Uh, the definitions changed, and I realized uh, actually what Jesus was doing uh, we could do today. And I think that's really where a lot of our early growth came for in this in, came from in this church. Uh, I, I realized that I it, it actually isn't overwhelming. We were made to do this as as Christians. It is our birthright. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, but that's why we want to listen to uh, Real Life Discipleship Podcast, because you're going to walk us through that as an individual. As best
1: I can right. in a podcast. That's that's right? right. The best way is to be in a discipleship relationship. But again, not many, not everybody has that capability or have been discipled that way or even know anybody that's willing to do that. Right. But we're going to try our best to kind of walk through this in a realistic way. But first thing I want everybody to get is you, every Christian, is called to be a disciple of Jesus that eventually makes disciples of Jesus. Every single one of us. No excuses. Not easy, but we can learn it if we'll set our hearts and minds on doing it. Mm -hmm. And keep listening,
0: and we're going to be able to find out how to do that together. All right. All right. Thanks a lot, Jim. You bet. Thank you for joining us on the Real Life Discipleship Podcast, where we want you to remember, discipleship is simple, it's
1: just not easy.